This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. Today, you can take your place in the front row as we get a glimpse into the memorable Springbok career of Keith Andrews. Keith, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Thank you very much, Peter. It's good to be here with you. Lovely to have you here as well. Now, let's take a look at today's trivia question. In 2015, the Springboks finished third at the Rugby World Cup. Who did the box beat in the third place playoff? Now, if you know the answer to that question, you can put it in the comment section down below. We'll also find out if Keith knows the answer to that question, but we'll do that at the end of our conversation. Keith, I'd like to begin in 1992. South Africa have just been readmitted to international rugby. We're playing the All Blacks and the Wallabies first up. How disappointed were you not to be involved in that? You know, obviously, we all got ambitions to play for the Springboks. Um, I just come back from, from France, where I spent a season. And, um, you know, obviously, um, you are disappointed. But um, thank goodness I managed to make the team for the next tour to France and England. Speaking of which, you did get to make your debut against the English at Twickenham. How special was that occasion for you? It was unbelievable. You know, um, I remember arriving at the ground and going into the change room and they had probably 20 bars that we all used after the game. Walked onto the pitch. It was pristine. And I also remember uh, before the game, they started singing the national anthems and I had to stop myself singing God Save the Queen. And then I realized it was probably that I actually came from England. But it was a, a wonderful occasion. Obviously, the result wasn't what we wanted, but having played my first test at Twickenham was certainly special. As you said, the result was not one that we would have liked. We were actually leading at halftime. So how disappointing was it that we couldn't see it through? No, very disappointing. Obviously, we had done all right in France. I think we, we won one and lost one. Uh, but uh, maybe, you know, with uh, us not playing sort of for many years in international competition, we maybe thought we were better than at what we were. But uh, be as it may, it was a, a learning experience for, for a lot of us. And a wonderful occasion. I've had quite a few ex-Springboks on the show that have spoken to me about that 1992 tour, and especially the France leg, where they said it was really, really tough. For example, you guys were given accommodation where maybe the locks couldn't actually fit in the beds. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, you were ordering a scrum machine and the scrum machine was in a different town to where your training uh, pitch was, and you had to go up and down the country. One day you're in the north, the next week you're in the south, that sort of thing. What was your experience like of France? Peter, I'd spent the year before in France uh, at a club called Aurillac in the Massif Central. And knowing their culture, uh, knowing what they did before games in terms of preparation, um, I, I actually had a wonderful time. You know, I still remember my mate Ian MacDonald, who was my roommate in Paris, crying on the phone to his wife saying, there's a cock black D. Uh, I ate it. I don't like the food. We were getting served foie gras champagne. I had the time of my life and a great, great time. But it was because I think, um, you know, I'd been there before and I could speak the language to an extent. So at least I could go out in the public and chat to people and enjoy the, the culture and the rugby vibe. It's always fascinating to hear the different perspectives, isn't it? So, Keith, tell me, what was the differences, would you say, between the French leg of the tour and the English leg? The French was... Tough, as as you allude to, in terms of the whole team, you know, as you said, when you go by bus across sort of the country for a day, accommodation wasn't great. You know, the food wasn't what we were used to in South Africa in terms of meat and potatoes and all that type of stuff. 
And then suddenly you, you, you get to England where you can speak the language, you can communicate. And uh, you know, the British obviously do things properly. So we're putting wonderful hotels, you know, looked after very well. So it was, there certainly was a big, big difference between the two countries. And now another pricky or thorny subject on that tour that we read about at the time and in the sort of subsequent years was provincialism. This idea that the, the northern Transvaal guys were hanging out together, the Transvaal guys stuck together in Natal, Western province and so on and so forth. Uh, what was your experience of that like? Well, that's true. That's true to an extent, you know, because, you know, for the last few years before the, the first tour, you know, into France and England, you know, all, all you knew was provincial rugby, you know. So um, I was obviously used to the Western province guys and maybe Valley Hills was used to the, the Northern Transworld guys. So obviously when you come into a team environment, uh, you obviously uh, align yourself with people that you know. So so therefore you'd always sit with the Western province guys and, and so forth. But as the team progressed and we got to know each other, you know, um, you know, I, I used to, uh, dislike a couple of the guys because, um, you know, they, they played for Northern Transvaal or whatever. But you get to know them and they're similar to you and we've got the same ethos and the same culture. But whilst you were playing before the tour, we hated each other, you know, because that's how we were brought up. And uh, as the team, as the, as the tour progressed, you certainly got to get better. And I was fortunate enough to play for another two years um, after that. And certainly... When I finished my Springbok career in 1994 in New Zealand, we were sort of a good team, uh, knew each other. There was a lot of integration and so forth. So it was a timing issue because of what had happened before uh, 92. We'll talk about that 1994 tour to New Zealand as well in a moment. But before that, 1993, Ian McIntosh had just become the new Springbok coach. You were still very much part of that side. I think you were ever present in 93, actually. Uh, first up was that series against France, and then we went to Australia and we beat the Wallabies uh, in the opening test match in Sydney. What was that test match like? It was actually fantastic. You know, I was on the bench and um, suddenly there was an injury and I had to go on. So it was wonderful uh, to win that test, uh, you know, despite everyone thinking that we were going to get a hiding. Uh, it was a wonderful occasion, you know, beautiful stadium. And we played good rugby, so it was it was very really good. And then we ended up losing the second and the third test matches uh, and losing the series 2-1. Tell me, Keith, why do you think we, we couldn't see it through? I think, you know, we, 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 we thought we were better than we were, I think, uh, from, uh, you know, playing in isolation years. We you know we weren't used to new trends, new ways of training and so forth. So I think we were behind the curve, you know. Um, the Aussies... Te technically very astute in terms of working out how the springs play and what the strengths and weaknesses are. And they certainly outplayed us in the second and third test. And then after that, uh, we went to Argentina. And now I had a couple of guys on the show that have spoken uh, in glowing reference, really, to that tour of Argentina. Peter Miller, for example, told me that uh, it was great because of the lacquer meat and the pretty girls. What would you say about that? <laughs> no, not a doubt. It is a wonderful place to tour. Um, you, know, I, you know, the rugby was great. But as you say, you know, we used to meet and pretty girls and the culture 
very slim to South Africa, so we had a wonderful time there. And now you mentioned 1994 earlier, and I said we talk about that. Uh, we went to uh, New Zealand, and again, Peter Miller, uh, same story. He told me that that was, in fact, the toughest tour that he had ever been on. What would you say? I'd agree with that. It was it was tough. You know, you know, you, you the whole sort of um, dynamic is when you arrive there from the the, the, the the chap standing at the airport taking your passport, he's chirping you. You know, wherever you go, there's a, a feeling that they certainly want to beat South Africa. It was a wonderful experience for all of us to tour in that environment, but certainly it was tough. You know, the, you know, it's cold and it's wet. The rugby's hard. There were no easier games. Like when, you, when we played in Australia, you, know, you played against maybe Western Force or Western Australia. It was an easier game. You play against Adelaide. It was an easier game. Where in New Zealand, every single match we played was a tough, tough um, encounter. And speaking of tough encounters, the third test match in that series finished in a draw in Auckland. Uh, I think we actually, yeah, and, and as far as I recall, we scored a couple of tries. And I, I don't think, I think all their uh, points came from the boot. If, uh, but I'm not, a, as I say, I can't recall 100% now. Um, nevertheless, um, how close were we to actually winning that test, do you think? We were very close. You know, if you look at the series itself, I think it was, we lost it on a couple of points. I think three or four points. So we were very very evenly contesting. We were quite close as two different sides. Um, you know, I think in the bigger scheme of things, we might have been a bit unlucky, but, uh, you know, the ball falls that way or bounces a certain way. Um, but overall, you know, they, at the end of the day, they won it. Uh, I think uh, 2 2 2 2 1 or 2 2 0, having the draw in the third test. But it was a very really close game. You know, we obviously felt off the game that we could have had it if we had taken our chances. But be as it may, it wasn't what meant to be. That's how it goes sometimes, isn't it? So, Keith, how disappointed were you then that uh, that was where your test career came to an end? You know, obviously, you know yourself, you know, certain um, coaches um, rate certain players. And I got on very well with Ian McIntosh. Obviously, he was his first choice in the last test. And excuse me, then you realize, then you, you'll remember that um, Ian McIntosh got fired on the way back on the plane where Kitch Christie was brought in. And Kitch Christie, obviously, uh, having been the coach of Transvaal, obviously knew certain players there which he preferred. And he said to me up front, and quite rightly so, he said, Keith, if you want to play for my side, you're going to put on 10Ks. And I was really 112, and I was 32, and I wasn't prepared to, you know, try and bulk up illegally or legally. Um, so be as it may, uh, they selected, I think it's Bali Swat and, and um, I forget who it was, in the, in the tight head position. Uh, and and uh, that's how it goes, you know. Obviously disappointed because it was a wonderful event, uh, an occasion, the 1995 World Cup. Uh, Mario Serta, so it was Mario Serta, yeah. Um, but yeah, Kish Christie did very well. You know, he won the World Cup and you, he obviously made the right decision. Tough one indeed that. Uh, so Keith, tell me then, um, how disappointed were you that you didn't get the chance to play professional rugby? You know, obviously, if you look at rugby today, I'd have loved to have played in the UK, you know, but I was fortunate enough, um, as I alluded to earlier on, to play two seasons in France. You know, um, you know we were we were paid then, we paid a stipend and you know, paid for your accommodation. And so it was, sort of was semi-professional, all under the carpet in those days. Um, but, um, you know, with the modern game, 
you know, the guys earn well. Obviously, there are some problems in the professional clubs, especially in Wales at the moment, I see in terms of paying their players and so forth and whether it's sustainable or not. But uh, certainly maybe just born too early. You know, I'd have loved to have spent 10 years playing in the UK and France or Scotland or wherever. So who was your toughest opponent? Uh, my toughest opponent uh, was Guy Kebble, but thank goodness he was only fit for one year. I don't know if you remember, Guy was, <laughs> Guy was with me in Western Province and he went to the Sharks, went to Natal, uh, where they won the Curry Cup in 1992, I think, where he had Tom Lawton and I think, um, I forget, Gerard Harding, I think, on the, on the tight head. And they had a monster pack. And Guy was fit. And I remember I had Andrew Patterson next to me, and I think it was Gary Pagel, and they were mowing us in the scrums, and Guy Kevill kept on apologizing to me, saying, Keith, I'm ever sorry, but I'm pushing you back at about a 1,000 knots an hour. But he was certainly very, very, very strong. But as I said, he was only fit for one year. The following year, he, he, he wasn't as fit as he should have been. So I, I knew that I'd have to hold on for two scrums, and then it was, then it was fine. But he was certainly a powerful, powerful scrummager. When I was playing for Western Province, um, the chap who, who, who gave me one of the biggest hidings I've ever had, apart from Guy Kibble, was Heinrich Rogers, um, when we went up to Loftus Fersfeld. It's the first time I saw my lungs from upside my backside. I think some of those front row stories are always the most entertaining. And um, Keith, something that I ask uh, all of the former Springboks that appear on this show is to share a funny or a memorable moment from your time with the box. Memorable moment? Um, I made my, my, my last game for the Springboks was Mark Andrews' first game for the Springboks uh, when we played at um, in, in Auckland um, in 1994, where we drew 16 all. And I was one of the older guys, and Mark was standing next to me. He was hell of a psyched up, and uh, we were facing the, the haka. And as they were doing their thing, I said to Mark, Jesus, how ugly are those bastards? And we both started laughing and giggling. We couldn't help ourselves. And uh, we got some very, very weird and angry looks from the New Zealand because they thought we were laughing at them. But meanwhile, I was just playing a joke uh, or, or mentioning a joke to Mark Andrews. Tell me, as somebody who actually faced the haka, what is it actually like in that moment? That's wonderful. You know, you as a schoolboy, you know, you always want to play for the Springboks and your ultimate opponent would be the New Zealanders. And uh, you obviously would want to, you, you want to face the Harker. So it was a wonderful occasion. You know, you know, I think in those days, they only did the Harker in New Zealand. Well, no, no, maybe only for test matches where as they seem to do it a little bit more regularly now, but it was a, a wonderful occasion being able to, to face the Harker and, and, and reach a dream of mine. And speaking of Mark, I actually had your cousin on the program in the most recent episode. Uh, and I don't know if you might remember this. He told me that you were sitting in the stands during that Pretoria test match in 94 when we got murdered by England uh, quite brutally in the first test. And, and he told me that you uh, sort of just sort of leaned to the side and said to him, it's just as well we're not playing uh, in this test match this week. Do you remember that? I said to him, there's some good, there's some good games to miss. There were some good games to miss. <laughs> well, I think Mark got selected the following game when they played in Cape Town, I think. And from there, he, he shot the stars out. He did very, very well for the Springboks. He certainly did. Keith, uh, we're going to take a look at the trivia question again quickly. So in 2015, the Springboks finished third at the Rugby World Cup. 
who did the box beat in the third place playoff? Keith, do you know the answer? Uh, that was New Zealand won it in 2015. Um, uh, third place playoff, was it not against France? Oh, no. So France were beaten in the quarterfinals and it was all four Southern Hemisphere teams that were in the semis and we ended up playing Argentina and beating them in that third place playoff. Quite right, quite right, Peter. Keith, one other thing I need to ask you is what are you up to these days? um, I'm a director and shareholder of a trust company in Cape Town called Personal Trust. We look after retired folks, um, financial affairs. I've been here for 27 years. Uh, I've been very fortunate that um, a lot of my colleagues are ex-rugby people, and I think that's why I got the job. Now, if you're a UCT boy and you're looking for a job, you can always get a job at Personal Trust. You know, <laughs> it's basically part of our ethos. Uh, so I've been very fortunate to to land up here and in a job that I like. Keith Andrews, let me say that it was a pleasure having you on Front Row Rugby today. Fascinating conversation, and I hope that we can have you on again in the future. Good, Peter. Very nice to meet you. And thanks very much for the interview. It was, I certainly enjoyed it. Last time on Front Row Rugby, I had Keith's cousin, Mark Andrews, the 1995 Rugby World Cup winner on this show. You can go and have a look at the video. It's appearing on your screen right now. Next time, I'll have 2007 Rugby World Cup champion, Andre Pretorius. This Front Row Rugby episode appeared originally on YouTube. If you enjoyed this content, please consider subscribing and sharing with your friends. See you next time.